just studying it to speak, but just really re rededicating myself to the memorization and and focus of this psalm. It's so beautiful. And uh hope that we can just close out with some proper justice to what it deserves. Let's read the psalm together. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you so much for these words, for inspiring David to look at his life this way and writing it down for us to have today. to be able to just uh, recognize you in this way and enjoy you in this way as our shepherd and all that you do. As we consider just this final verse, we are so very thankful for the eternity with you, but even the time now, Lord Jesus. We're so very thankful that we don't have to wait to know you. So bless this time. Be glorified. And be exalted. And may you alone be the one who speaks today, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your word, for its perfection, for its truth, and for its love. And we praise you in, G in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, so we are looking at the end of the psalm, verse 6. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's kind of like when someone writes like the greatest novel, and it has the perfect ending. You know, sometimes you read something and it's like, oh, the ending just fell a little short. You know, it's like, oh, if they only said this or did this or this movie was so good. If only it had this ending instead of that ending, it would have been phenomenal. There could not be a better ending to this song. There could not. David nails it in absolute perfection because what he's doing is he's summing up all his thoughts into verse 6. So I have to kind of tie 6 together, both parts. Because we're starting with this word and. So David is summing up everything into this, this final conclusion. And he starts with the word surely. Verse 6, before we get to the and, we have to look at the first. What are we anding? We're anding surely. And surely is, is a confidence. It's a summation. It's an, it's an, there's an obvious recognition of what we've seen. There's an obvious conclusion, right? Now, people don't usually say surely anymore, but, you know, whenever a sentence, someone says something with surely, there's, there's two responses. The first one, obviously, right, is stop calling me surely. I, I, just, I was waiting for somebody to shout it out, but I had to get you to it. Stop, sure, surely this is the truth. Stop calling me surely. But the other thing is, does the evidence back it up? You're telling me that there is concrete evidence to what you're about to say and so this is the obvious conclusion after looking at all of it. he could say obviously today we would say obviously or without doubt here he says surely goodness and mercy should follow me all days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever he could he could just break it apart and say surely i will dwell in the house of the lord forever it would make perfect grammatical sense 
and, and closure to this statement. I have looked at my life with God. I have weighed everything he does for me every day. And in this psalm, David gives him the, the picture of a shepherd. And by the time I'm done looking at God in all these ways in my life, daily, I have this concrete, inescapable conclusion. I couldn't come up with something different if I wanted to because the evidence demands that this is the solution and, and the, the summation that I have. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This thought of will, I will dwell in the house, this is not a future hope. Sometimes, you know, I, I will get there one day, right? When, when I'm done, when I've, when I've completed my process, I will get my certification. I will receive the reward that I'm due. That's not what David means here. David means from this moment, from every moment, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I think there's uh, a couple thoughts here that I want to clarify. We, we tend, and I know I did this too, so I really kind of studied this, and I think you probably do too, and there's nothing wrong with it, and we'll, we'll get into it maybe a little bit more later, but this thought of dwelling in the house of the Lord forever, we're typically, we, we jump because we're Christians and we know about eternity. We jump to the idea of, of eternity. But in the literal translation of verse 6, there's two points that David's actually making. When he says, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, that means every day that I have, goodness and mercy will follow me every day. And when he says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, it means until I run out of days. Until I run out of days. Because when you think about this psalm, it's not speaking of heaven. It's speaking about God's blessing to get us through here. Because we don't have enemies we're going to sit at a table with before in heaven. Right? There is no value of the shadow of death in heaven. That's a future forever. The current forever is as long as I have days here on this earth until I am with the Lord in glory, I will dwell in the house of the Lord. My relationship with him is tied such that now I, have, I am in his presence. He's, he's been talking about all these, these places he goes. But he's now going to dwell in the house of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I read Psalm, uh, verse 6, especially the, this last half, the whole full verse 6, but this last half. I hear joy. I hear joy in David's words. He's been running down a list of blessings because he knows God as his shepherd. And he comes to this end statement that he's really overflowing with joy. It's not hope to come. It's joy right now. He has a peace. He has a contentment. And the only way to look at this after all these verses that we've been studying is to come to this point that there is joy the person who can say, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Where I dwell, the place I call home, God bless you, the place where I dwell, where I'm home. I dwell on Great Hill Road, 
Does that mean because I'm here right now, I don't dwell there? That's where I dwell. That's where I rest my head. Through life, wherever he goes, David knows that his place is with the Lord in the house of the Lord. He's, he's speaking of not just a room in a house. For him spiritually, I think he's talking about a property. I'm in my room, I'm outside my room, I'm in the front yard, I'm in the backyard, all the places I go, I'm in the house of the Lord. It's, it's, a, it's a place where everywhere I go, the Lord is the master of the house. But when we think about this term, the house of the Lord, the phrase house of the Lord is used over 200 times in the scriptures. That phrase, the house of the Lord, 200 times. And it is only in the Old Testament. And as much as I can say I checked 200 times, I'm going to tell you that from what I can see, it only refers to the tabernacle and then later the temple. When they use the phrase, the house of the Lord, it is the tabernacle or the temple. For the Israelite, that is where God dwelt. That is where they met with God. But is it just the tabernacle? Are we speaking of the outer courts, the inner courts? Are we speaking of the Holy of Holies? When we think about the tabernacle and later the temple, I just want to stay with the tabernacle, the, ta the tabernacle idea, because that's probably what was built, they were working through when David wrote this psalm. The tabernacle. How do you look at the tabernacle? Animal sacrifices, atonement, blood running everywhere, constant work of the, of the Le Levitical priests. What kind of place is it? What is the Holy of Holies? It's a place closed off with a veil where no one can enter but the high priest once a year. And if he does it wrong, he's toast. Is that where God dwells? Is it a place that causes fear and judgment? Because where does God sit in the Holy of Holies? It's on the mercy seat. Isn't that what the tabernacle really screams? We see Jesus Christ everywhere in the tabernacle. Everything about the tabernacle and everything that's done at the tabernacle, every sacrifice that's done at the tabernacle, every piece that's used at the tabernacle, everything tells us about Jesus Christ. So is it the house of the Lord where God dwells? The place of mercy. Where God allows sacrifice for atonement at that time. Isn't that what God did? He showed mercy there. Well, there's a lot of, a lot of rules and a lot of things got to be done a certain way because God is holy. But the, the tabernacle and the holy holies is not a place that should cause fear, but should be a place of rejoicing because that's where God shows mercy and God sits on the mercy seat, not the judgment seat, not the condemnation seat, the mercy seat. David says, I will dwell there all my days. I will dwell with the God of mercy. I will see him in that way. The Holy of Holies is covered with gold. Top, bottom, walls, furniture, everything is gold. When you light it up, what, what must have been the reflection 
I'm surprised that the high priest didn't have to wear like special glasses to keep him from being blinded. You know, I mean, the, the reflection of the glory of God, that's what it was all about. When you step into that place, it must have been mind-blowing when the candles were lit and they could see a reflection of the gold on everything. The glory of God must have been, the, the, all the things were covered in gold. That's what's on David's heart when he thinks of the house of God, the house of the Lord. Everywhere I go, that's where I will be, with the God of mercy. Turn with me to Psalm 26. David has a few other verses, a few other psalms that he wrote that talk about the house of the Lord. We'll try and develop some deeper thoughts of, of what David is saying to us, what God is saying to us through David. Let's say it that way. What is God saying to us about this thought, this meditation, this perception? Psalm 26, verse 8. David says, Lord, I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. When you break it down, to be careful how I'd be emphatic about certain things, but this is the place where worship happens for the Israelite. This is where worship happens, where the offering is brought. David says, I have loved everything about it. When I'm there, my heart is filled with joy. I don't see judgment. I see your glory. Isn't it wonderful to think that we dwell with God in his glory? We get to see him. We get to know him through his glory, by his glory. This is the place of worship. David's been talking about all his blessings all his receptions. And this is a blessing for him and for us to say this. But this is also the thought where God gets his glory. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Well, that's where God gets glory. That's where God gets worship, isn't it? Where he is. Let's turn to Psalm 27. One more over. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David's thoughts of dwelling in the house of the Lord is to behold God's beauty. That's where he's ending this song, this thought, that this is where God is, and that's where I want to be, and that's where I am. That's where I get to spend time with God forever. All my days, I get to see and behold the beauty of the Lord. I don't just look at my blessings. I look at him. I consider him and who he is. And I am to inquire in his temple. God, I want to know you more. I want to know you better to dwell in the house of the Lord is to be able to inquire God give me more of you I want to see more of your beauty reveal yourself to me the relationship happens 
I'm not just protected. I'm not just watched over. I'm not just fed. But now I'm being intimate with God. God, who are you? God, what do you think about this? God, I want to know you. Yeah, I dump my problems on you. But I want to know you. Charles Spurgeon said, the wicked comes and knocks on God's door with prayer, but the prophet or the man of God lives there. His soul lies always at the throne of grace. Isn't it wonderful to think that for us now, the veil has been rent. And, and so this thought of where God is, is now with us. Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, there will come a time, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, you will worship the Father. That time is now. As we meditate on Psalm 23, and we look at all these blessings, the summation, the totality, the completion, is the personal relationship with God to know Him better. One more, Psalm 65, please. Psalm 65 and verse 4. Blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you, that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy temple. The, the translation of satisfied. We typically say, I had a big Thanksgiving dinner, I'm satisfied, I have room for no more. What David is saying, I have room for no more. I'm not content. I haven't had enough to make me stop wanting. I can't take any more. My cup runs over. I am full with the goodness of God, with the goodness of you. Remember, the tabernacle testifies to God's goodness and to God's mercy. I'm satisfied. I don't, I don't see the endless slaughter of animals, and, and I don't see your judgment on the nation of Israel. I see your goodness because you sit on the mercy seat. And I'm filled. God, I'm filled. There's nothing more I want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, because I am satisfied with your goodness. I am, I am so satisfied that it's coming out my ears, God. Don't let, it, don't let it decrease. Keep me full. So we have this blessing that we get to know God now not in Jerusalem, not just in the Holy of Holies, in our hearts, everywhere we are. John 14, uh, you don't have to turn there, but here's the promise. John 14, verse 23, Jesus said to them, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him, and make our home with him. Our home with him. 
the heart of the believer, of the Christian who knows God, now dwells with God, dwells with God. I hope that there is um, some way that it's getting across of a fulfillment. I think everyone at some time, maybe all the time, maybe a few who never, but I'm sure some of us at least some point have always struggled somewhere sometime with a sense of belonging. Do I fit in? Do I belong? Am I at home here? But you know with God, we're always at home. Forgive the cliche. I couldn't think of a better way to say it, but home is where the heart is. And it's true. When it comes to God, it's true. Where God is, is our home. Now, now, we don't have to sit and wait and go, boy, someday. Like, that's going to be different. That forever is different. There is a forever that we're going to spend with God. But we get to enjoy the blessings right now. Because he's our shepherd. Know that with God, you are welcomed. You are home. And you are adored. Adored. God is not going to make his home with you and leave anything out. God doesn't do things that way. As the Holy of Holies reflected the glory of God in the fullness brightness that could possibly be done at that time, so now the relationship with God in the heart Satisfying, overflowing, full. So there's kind of two perspectives of this verse. I I still believe that we need to very seriously consider and hold to the perspective of the psalm all the way through, which is it's about life now. This is a comfort for now. This is peace and hope and protection, and security, and comfort now. But for us, when we read, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, we get to say something David didn't understand. Because that there is a home for us now. <laughs> there is a home for us now where God is. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, didn't he? There is a home. There is a future hope and rest and assurance that there is a house of the Lord that awaits us. And the one who is there in Isaiah 57, 15 is called the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity. Eternity. I don't, I don't want to miss out on the hope that's also thought here, that there's a forever for us, that this life is not the end. We don't say, God will be with me till the end of my days, and then the next guy's turn (laughs) this is just the stage until we get to the next home the psalm can be divided into two perspectives not just david's and ours but god's actions and our responses for god he shepherds he provides he nourishes he refreshes he restores he protects he comforts and he blesses. We trust. We submit. We accept. We are content. We are secure. We have peace. We have joy. We have hope. 
And we have worship in the house of the Lord forever. Do you hear the joy? Live the joy. Let us not ever take any day for granted and not think, I dwell in the house of the Lord now and forever. I have a peace and a hope and a joy because of that. One of the things I love about this psalm is really you can take verse 1 and just marry it to every verse and stop. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me besides the still waters. You can, you can go through the psalm that way. You can also end every verse with verse 6. The Lord makes me lie down in green pastures. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's a fun exercise to go through the psalm and marry the first verse and the last verse. Isolate every verse in between. And look what it says to you. There's a conclusion that comes from the promise. Considering the shepherd, as we're in Advent season preparing for Christmas, I want to remind us that in Micah 5.2, it was also a promise. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come the ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. We're, we're spending the time now remembering the birth of the Lord. And how wonderful it's been to spend time in this psalm considering him as a shepherd. That was who God promised. Many, many of the prophets spoke of the, of the Messiah as a shepherd. I'll close with this thought. Every house has a door, including the house of the Lord. John 10, verses 7 through 9. Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Let's close. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you so much for this time we've had to spend recognizing you. There's no way the scriptures could accurately portray everything about you. But this psalm has been so to the point of special things about you that we get to enjoy in our relationship with you. So thank you for being the good shepherd. Thank you for being the great shepherd. Thank you for being the chief shepherd. Thank you for being perfect in every way. Thank you, because you are the door. Those of us who have put our faith in you, Lord Jesus, dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We are excited for now. We're excited for tomorrow. And we're excited for eternity. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you for loving us this much. Help us to meditate on these thoughts and really deeply understand how much you love us so that we can grow in our love for you. As David said, we want to behold your beauty. We want to see your beauty. We want to know everything about you in every way so we can fall more deeply in love with you every day. We want to love you more than we did yesterday. 
We want to love you more than we did a second ago. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you. And thank you for loving us in your name. Amen. Lord bless you. Have a great day.